yum nub. Eat out the yum nub. I don't need to be chicken. Hello and welcome to Upcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and you can't win, Vader. <laughs> and my name's <laughs> and my name's Jamie. And Qui-Gon told me to stay in this cockpit, so that's what I'm gonna do. There you go. <laughs> now you know why I was why I was watching episode one. Yeah. So when we when we started when we called each other on Skype for some reason, Jamie was blasting episode one across the uh, Skype channel. Um, but yes, gave us a cool idea for a future episode. But good quote. Yes, I went for I went for the classic Obi Wan, and you went for an Anakin quote. So we were right on right, right on brand. Yeah, well, I just finished that uh, Obi Wan Anakin book, uh, Brotherhood, and I thought this was quite appropriate, and it's appropriate for our topic for today. Did you like that book? I, I'm don't tell me because I'm like three hours out from the finish. Overall, I liked it. It's more kind of like a character study. And is very much a supplemental to this the Obi Wan series that's coming out. So I would recommend for people who you know, Star Wars nerds who kind of want to dig into like how people um, act and why they act the way they do. Yeah, I've read the the Central Legends Kenobi, which I think I mentioned on a previous episode. Um, and then this week I read the Journal of Obi Wan Kenobi, which was a Marvel comic compilation of a few episode or a few issues about Obi Wan's time on Tatooine. And I'm almost done, and I will finish before the preview or the premiere of Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. Um, a few hours out, a few hours out. So I've been trying to do my homework. But today, today, just so we can figure out everyone, tell everyone what's going on. Even though we're a couple of weeks behind posting, we thought we would hop on today and do sort of a supplement. Not talk about cartoon, but talk about um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer that's been out for a couple weeks. Now I think it's been out for two weeks. But Obi-Wan Kenobi starts in one week as of this recording. So we're going to try to get this recording up on Monday of the week Obi-Wan comes out. Just to talk about what we think, what we hope is in Kenobi without... Without torpedoing our enjoyment of the show by overlaying our expectations, every fan has hopes about it. And I think we have a generally positive view of the show so far from the promotional materials, but we thought we would just hop on the phone real quick and talk about it and post up a short episode. Yeah, so if you're listening to this afterwards and thinking about, God, they were so wrong. We're sorry. We're definitely going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that Obi-Wan was like a lizard person in a suit. <laughs> and that he controlled the media. Yeah. Well, his master was Qui-Gon, his, whose name starts with a what, Matt? That's right. He's, he's QAnon. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Jesus. We're off to a good start. Oh God! <laughs> so the the most the most important piece of media we have at this point in time, which we're recording this on May twentieth, two thousand twenty-two. If we're listening in the future, we're literally a week out. Um, the, the preview is the twenty-seventh. Um, the most important piece is we have a roughly one minute and thirty-second trailer from. Lucasfilm about the show, and so I think I think a decent format for this is we're going to watch the trailer, pause it, and just talk about what we're thinking at different moments. And so we'll start the trailer, and then one of us will say pause, we'll pause it, and talk about what's going on. Is that okay? Yeah, sounds sounds like a good plan to me. All right, and this is our first time doing something like this, so if we completely blow it, we're sorry, but not yeah, really. yeah, we're we're a work in progress, everybody. So. Yeah. Stay with us. Yeah. Just be thankful we're not talking about like an Ewok dick or something. (laughs) Happens. Not that you mention it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm gonna so I'm gonna start us off, and it first starts off as like this really cool, you know, like um, gold Lucasfilm colored. uh, Sorry, it starts off with Lucasfilm kind of colored in this kind of bronze color, and it just kind of fades away. So I'm starting it.
stay hidden. Or we will not survive. Okay. So right now it's paused that uh, Obi-Wan was just uh, creeping on the Lars family from far away. Um, there's, got, there's a lot in this first um, sort of 20 seconds I want to talk about. So the, the shuttle that's coming down through the clouds is not coming down on Tatooine as far as I can tell. Yeah, it looks like some sort of a cityscape or metropolitan uh, area. And then it cuts to these stormtroopers that are walking through a city... That looks like Tokyo. Yeah, I was thinking that I was going to say Hong Kong, but you know. Yeah, Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a good is another good touch point, right? There's a, just a shit ton of neon, um, and it's very crowded, uh, and so it's really establishing in these first few shots just how like how much the empire is growing, right? The 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 sphere of influence of the empire is here. The Inquisitor, the fifth brother, is leading this sort of division of maybe like t- eight or ten ish stormtroopers mm-hmm. and then the the very very next scene they show the inquisitors exiting their vehicle and they look like they look like a group of goth kids at like a ren fair yeah yeah and it is the um is the similar shuttle to what um what krennic had in uh rogue one very angular yeah it does sort of look like his doesn't it mm-hmm and so the, the the inquisitors we're looking at are the the grand inquisitor, the fifth brother, and Reva. Do we know mm-hmm. her designation? I think it's third sister. Um, I thought I saw that someplace. Well, let's let's look that up. That'd be cool to know. That that's awesome, Reva. Third sister. Yeah, third sister, also known as Reva. You're right. Awesome. All right, so she's the third sister. So we have fifth brother, third sister, and the Grand Inquisitor mm-hmm. up here. And like I said, they're they're wildly out of out of place. Also, there's a there's a crowd shot with the fifth brother's um, double bladed lightsaber on his back, like it's like a shot from his back looking at his double bladed lightsaber, uh, and you're seeing like a group of peasants. I want to assume this is Tatooine, but we don't know that for a fact at this point. But I think it's it's a safe assumption. Yeah, it's these. We know we're they're going to end up on Tatooine, or they they probably will. Let me ask you this: so, so we're looking at the the fifth brother's circular lightsaber on here. Um, I think I'm in second sixteen of the trailer. You want to scan there? Um, what would you say? What would you think about? them deploying the helicopter in live action um i don't i wouldn't care it's it's already it's already out there but they might since there's kind of a lot of blowback on that they might stay away from it um because a lot more people uh other than just the hardcore star wars fans and kids will be watching this so people might be like what is this yeah, I don't think they're going to do it. If they did it, I would actually sort of giggle. Um, mm-hmm. I remember we didn't watch Clone Wars in real time, but I think we watched. I think both you and I watched Rebels roughly in real time. Um, and I remember when that came up in Rebels and how pissy everybody was about it, like how how stupid it was, and we were like, we were like, oh, that's, no one's ever seen that before. No, that work. Is it like a foil? Like, well, like it's it's a show about magical people with plasma weapons, like plasma swords. So maybe you should like calm down a little bit. Yeah. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would take it or leave it. I think it's funny. Uh, shortly after that, we we just see sort of intimidating shots of both the Grand Inquisitor and Reva, which we all know that this is going to be an Inquisitor-heavy show. But each one of the Reva, third sister, uh, fifth brother, and Grand Inquisitor get their sort of, um, I don't know, intro shots or something in in this trailer. What do you think of the des- the live action design of the fifth brother? Um, I don't know if I care for it, but you know what? I'm willing to go with their style uh, choices because he he seemed to be more like a lumbering kind of brute. In um in 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 rebels, I I don't know. 
Right, so he's like a big dumb animal in Rebels, and this one he seems a little bit more demure, or I don't know how to put it. Like he's like he just not doesn't cut quite the intimidating shape. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to accept stylistic changes, and like there's everybody lost their shit over the uh, Grand Inquisitor's head uh, being less pointy, head shaped. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that real quick. I, that's just, these are, people were angry enough when Rebels came out that it was stylistically different. And it's mildly comical to me that not following the style of Rebels is making people upset. Um, people complained about, like, the width of the lightsabers. Like, they're pencil thin. Like, what's up with that? And it looks too anime and blah, 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 blah. And now they're moving to a more realistic style and transferring over Rebels characters. Everyone's like, oh, the head's the wrong shape. We already had, like, a Revenge of the Sith um, a person from that species, right? And and it's just not matching up with Rebels. And it's like, you didn't like Rebels either. Talking about, like, the, like the internet noise. Like, you didn't like Rebels. Now you don't like something that doesn't look like Rebels. Got it. This isn't the type of thing that makes me excited. I think he, I think he actually looks pretty good. Um, what do you think about Reva? I don't I say I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic because she looks cool. I, I like her the way she looks. Brand new character. I always love a good uh, female villain. Yeah, exactly. I think I think the idea that that we can have a female villain is huge. This is like I don't know, Assage of Interest vibes for me. It's like I just want her to be ruthless. Mm-hmm. Like irredeemably bad. Uh, sh- show us that. Yeah, we're only, we're only gonna get six episodes, so I really hope that they lean into this Inquisitor shit a yeah. lot. Yeah. And why does she? Why does she have a name when the rest of them have a um, just a designation? Good. Who is she? Is she a fallen Jedi? It's a great, great question. Um, because later in the trailer, she she doesn't just say Kenobi. She she says him. She calls him by his first name, like they're, like they know each other. All right, so let's let's not get there yet. Um, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my boss. <laughs> if I want to watch this trailer backwards, oh, that's what I'm gonna like memento style. That's what we're gonna do. Remember Sammy Jankis. Um, true. All right, so do we want to start the trailer again while Obi Wan is creeping on Luke? Sure. One thing I did notice in um. Around minute, uh, well, minute like second, 16, 17, when you had a stop in, um, to look at the uh, the back of the fifth brother, um, Owen Lars is in the background with a bunch of people. There is a person who looks like they could be a Mira Lucan. Um, like she has like a hood on, and then like the top part of her face is just covered with something. Maybe it's just. Desert looks, but it looks very oh, much. Oh yeah, like... I see her now. She's like over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's one person, like an older woman, who has like a blue scarf. So I gotta wonder if that's if she's significant because everything else is just kind of dusty and just kind of like you know desert colors. I mean, she could be she could be significant for the moment without being have greater significance. Yeah, she oh. could be like the person tells them to fuck off and then gets cut down. And before we start, Luke is actually Luke is like ten years old here, and he's he's at the farm, and, you know, and he's pretending he's a pod racer. Lead us alone. When the time comes, he must be. Oh, hold on. Trained, like you trained his father. Or positive. Yeah. So this is a great scene because first off, uh, Joel Edgerton is a is a great actor. I. I've I've loved him in pretty much everything I've seen him in, like Kinky Boots, um, Warrior, um, obviously Star Wars, um, and then there are some other things, lesser known things that he was in that I really I really liked a lot. But they've kind of um, it looks like he has like a prosthetic nose, like they they fattened up his nose a little bit. Ooh, interesting. They did because I'm looking at I'm looking at stills from The Great Gatsby of him. And his nose is wildly different. Yeah, and they give him uh, Uncle Owen's uh, haircut, which is bad. But um, I get poor people haircuts too, so. 
it just reminds me of like I was watching oh I was watching and reading about the Road Warrior and how like say what you will about Mel Gibson and his crazy Nazi ways like he like cut his own hair like when he showed up he like he he, he had cut his own hair and had tattered up the clothes to make it look like he was just kind of like a drifter and yeah that's called method acting i think yeah and so i, I get very that those kind of vibes from him uh from owen and he also sounds kind of like tom cruise here i, I don't know why i just I, I just i just get that sound like that sound from him so I, I don't know how to put it other any other way but this is this condescending owen is wonderful to me yeah I, i've gotten a lot of joy out of this yeah he, he's totally dunking on uh obi-wan because like that's like like I, i'm sure like anybody who's listening who's ever been in a relationship or is married their significant other will always have that trump card on you that like no matter what you say they can say like well at least i didn't get super drunk at that party and you said i'd make like, an ass of myself at my sister's wedding yeah <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> i don't remember that at all <laughs> Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up here um, is the actor who plays Luke. We have another actor who plays Luke. Um, we're really accumulating them. His name is Grant Feely. Uh, he's been in nothing. Um, he was in a TV series called Creep Show in one episode in 2021, um, and nothing else, as far as I can tell. They try to revitalize Creep Show. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, shocking. I haven't seen this new reboot of it, but uh, he's in one episode of that. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's wonderful. Um, but it's it, it goes back to like the whole ethos of like Lucas, of, like like let's find someone who's done nothing, mm-hmm. next to nothing, and like put him in something. Like people people forget that Ewan McGregor was in Train Spotting and nothing else when he got Kenobi. And Trainspotting, while it's a great movie, was not super popular when it came out. Um, and actually got sort of shit on because of the dead baby scene. So. Oh. Yeah, I mean, all I can think of is like Obi-Wan digging, uh, digging in the toilet for drugs. But, that's, uh, that scene is, like, that is quintessential for that movie, obviously, but it's also super fucking artistic, right? Because he doesn't mm-hmm. just go in the toilet. He, like, like, they filmed that underwater. Um, and he like goes swimming to get the drugs, right? And uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to defend Train Spotting the entire time that we talk about this. I just, I think it's a, it's a pretty important movie. Looking back mm-hmm. about like heroin addiction and like what people are going through and how methadone is, is not a good solution to opioid crisis. Like we're living in an opioid epidemic right now. Not to get on my soapbox, but. It's a public health crisis, and this is a movie that came out 30 fucking years ago talking about an opioid problem, mm-hmm. and it's super fucking poignant. Um, but the point is, is like Ewan McGregor was like 19 when he made that movie, mm-hmm. and he got he got Star Wars like a year and a half later, and he's like a nothing Scottish actor up until that <laughs> point. Doing, yeah, I'd seen Dick all I, I'd, like he he's good. But doing nothing. Yeah, I, Sorry, go ahead. I'd, I'd seen another movie that he had been in, but it was not like – it was like later, um, like early 2000s. I had heard about it and rented it, and it was it was all right. It was strange. Um, early 2000s would have been past 1999, though. You're saying a movie that he made before that? I'm pretty sure. Um, I would have to look it up. Yep. It was about like like three roommates – and like like there's like a um another room another roommate who uh ends up dying and he like train spotting there's a ton of money there's like a ton of money and then it kind of like tears the roommates apart um because of um because of this money this is this is comical in 2000 he was in a tv series called higher ground (laughs) (laughs) never even heard of that all right um I don't, rec- I don't recognize these movies prior to episode two. No, I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong. I clicked He's on also Hayden. in a lifeless Hayden. ordinary. He was in ER and, and right, he was I in. Clicked on Hayden, not on Ewan. And he was in uh, Tales from the Crypt in 1996. Oh, he was. No, I'm on the right. I'm on the right one. So Train Spotting 1996, and then you said you saw something between Train Spotting and episode one. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what it was called. 
I mean, I believe you. Um, I just don't know what it would be because I don't recognize anything other than ER and Tales from the Crypt. And, yeah, and it was oh, a life less ordinary. Oh, a life less ordinary. Yes, you are correct. He was in that with Cameron Diaz. Yeah, but I think I think the point I'm trying to make is is that he was not he, he was not like a Moulin Rouge um, level actor when he did episode one. Right? He was he, he was a twenty he was a twenty nothing year old actor with basically one decent credit behind him. I'll go back through. Is there anything else that he did noteworthy before? Oh, it's crazy. I'm I'm trying to find this movie and just like movies that he was in, just seeing a young him as like a surfer called Blue Juice. <laughs> just look it's crazy. I mean nineteen ninety three is his first credit and it's it's some oh. shitty T V miniseries. Um, lipstick on your collar. Oh, here it is. It's called Shallow Grave. I haven't seen it. Um, it's about anybody from like um, this side of the uh, island seen it, or you know. Um, he, but, he was 24 when he made that movie, Shallow Grave. All right, we should probably get back to. You know, we, could, we could be fanboying on um, <laughs> Ewan McGregor forever. Okay, um, but I do want to I do want to point out my accidental find when I clicked on the wrong link that uh, a Hayden Christensen was in a TV show called Higher Ground. I think that is that is funny. Prior to his Star Wars career, um, yeah. There you go. All right, um, I'm I'm at condescending Owen thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, but 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 uh, before before we continue, like when we first kind of like um, meet. Uh, Owen and Baru, Owen, it's obvious Owen doesn't think too much about Obi-Wan. Just calls him a crazy old wizard. They don't want Luke anywhere near him. And as we all know, there's pro- there's a very good reason why. I think you and I have both said that um, if they, even years ago, I think you and I have talked about if they ever make this show, we wanted this exact scene. We wanted Owen basically telling Obi-Wan to fuck off. Yeah, there's a um, uh, I've talked about it uh, a while ago in an episode. There's a comic book called Star Wars uh, Visionaries, and one of the uh, one of them is that uh, Maul comes and attacks the um, the um, the the Lars farm looking for Kenobi, and this is like this is like pre I think this is pre Clone Wars, so he yeah pre-rebel, it is pre Clone pre-re- Wars pre Rebels. No, no, this is pre-Clone Wars. I'm no, pretty this sure. Is, this is after I, Clone Wars. This is after Episode Three. No, no, I'm talking about when it, when it came out. Oh, like, when it came in, out. Okay, sorry. In our timeline, and Maul has the the kind of the the more like the the animal style legs. The sure. Um, I I, guess I don't know how to describe it. Um, not just like regular bipedal legs, but more like like a dog's back legs, hind legs. And there's a, there's a, he he attacks Owen uh, and he's looking for Obi Wan and Obi Wan they fight and he gets the better of Obi Wan and then Owen Lars just like takes a puts a blaster right to Maul's head and shoots him and then then Owen Lars is pretty much just like don't come back <laughs> it's like you're you're too you're too dangerous to be around because they. They've they've had Luke now. This is supposed this this show is supposedly about like ten years. Yeah, you know, Luke like is, Luke is ten ish, and so they've had him for ten years. Yeah, so you like it only takes a few months, like even a few days. I was gonna, know, like, I was gonna say it's days if you're you know like when the right type of person you know. Yeah, with a like a just because they I was just gonna I was giving them a little bit more time just because they got thrown into this situation, but um. Because they weren't like uh, Brew wasn't pregnant. All of a sudden, they're expecting this baby. All of a sudden, they're just given this baby. But like here, you don't tell anybody where he comes from. That given ten years, they they think of him as their own. Absolutely. Like and first time they, farts on them, he's theirs. Yeah. And and so like as parents, I can think of like there's family members I don't want anywhere near my kids, and I will tell them get lost. If, they, if for right. whatever reason, if for whatever reason they came by, or or even like friends, then I'm just like I don't I don't want you around my kid. Um, I've said I'm sorry multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. Like this is 
this is stakes to me. This is high drama. <laughs> this is establishing why why Owen says that in episode four, and it's it really shows his relationship with Luke. Like this is you gave me Luke. He's my responsibility. You can fuck off. You can fuck right off. And like he has to be trained, like you trained his father. Yeah. It is it, that line reveals a lot. Yeah. It reveals that like how much does Owen know? Does Owen know that Darth Vader is Anakin? He doesn't have to, right? He can still he can still burn Obi Wan without knowing that. But it's it's even worse, right? Because Obi Wan knows. Mm-hmm. I would. I guess we'll find out. But one side of the coin is like you can't like who who can you don't want to you don't want to scare them off. The same time, it's like he's got to know the stakes. Uh, like you know, like that's Hitler's kid. Yeah, you can't go talking about his parents at all. Make up a lie and stick with it. They can't lie to him, or they don't know what to say. Oh, your 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 dad slaughtered a bunch of uh, Tuscan raiders uh, for um, for what they did to your grandma, and then uh, <laughs> and then he. It is interesting that they never say that they keep his lineage clear to him. That's something I'm hoping that they'll that they will address. That their Skywalker is like Smith or Jones Miller, or like Patel, and like uh, years in ago. India. Years ago, I told you that there was that there was a decent theory going around that the Marvel comics, thank Jordan White, friend of the show, undermined the theory, and later he said that he wished he hadn't. Um, that Luke Skywalker never refers to himself as a Skywalker prior to Obi-Wan telling him that his father was Anakin. Mm-hmm. And that and that you never hear him use his last name until after that moment in the movie when he learns that his father's Anakin Skywalker. And so you and so the idea that he's Anakin Skywalker is sort of implied rather than stated up until that point. And then the Marvel comic they torture his friend, Boba Fett, and the bounty hunters in, in Mos Eisley torture his friend, and he says that his name is Luke Skywalker, establishing that his name was actually Luke Skywalker prior to Luke knowing what his lineage was. I love this theory, though. It's yeah. so hard for me to let go of this theory that he was Luke Lars until he figured out that what his father's name was. Not Lars, that Owen and Brew never treated him like a son, but it's like, oh, you're you're my nephew. Um, we love you, but you're my nephew, and you're Lars. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that was the truth, but it is not. Yeah. Will they address Shmi, uh, like Shmi's grave? She's there. I mean, yeah, her gravestone is there, and they're gonna tell him like that's her grandma. Or man, there's so much they can do. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, you want to keep going? Okay. Trained his father. You still want Kenobi. Okay, I'm going to pause right here because this is at the, um, this like, is at the fort, the fort, the Inquisitorious uh, fort, uh, fortress. Yeah. Um, and they're they're all it's like the fifth the fifth brother, uh, Riva, third sister, and a so far unknown. Uh, uh, female Inquisitor. Yeah, she's she. I'm looking at the the shot where they're looking at like a tactical table, and there's a Im- female Imperial officer there too. Um, she looks like she has green skin, not the Imperial officer, the Inquisitor. Yeah, she's kind of got the um, sickly kind of green skin, and it looks like she has like some head tendrils. Um, or like a helmet the, with cables going out or something. Yeah, I've. I think their head, there's some sort of head tails because she's got like some sort of design like on her forehead because it looks like she's wearing kind of like a, it's almost like kind of like a, like a wetsuit, like hood. Yeah. But there's like some designs. Like when I first saw it, I thought that maybe that, that, uh, she was Barris Offy, but I don't think that's, that's who she is. Unless they've taken a lot of liberty with her design. Yeah. You know, because she doesn't have the, the face tattoos. Live action Barris is a Mary Allen, um, and she does have face face tattoos, but they're sort of on her cheeks. Um, and this character, 
I can't tell. I'm going to zoom in on her. They don't look like they're on her cheeks. The face tattoos are more like on her forehead. Um, I, you and I both want want there to be a Barris reveal, but yeah, all of the images I'm looking at Barris right now, She her tattoos are more around her eyes rather than on her forehead, and even below her eyes, um, not above. So yeah, I don't think that's the case. I don't think this is Barris, but we don't know who this person is at all. I haven't seen anything about her, but she's clearly dressed like an Inquisitor, so she must be one of them. Yeah. All right. What do, you, what do you think about the design of this fortress? Oh, I, I like it. Don't they they address it in um, the Vader comics? Yeah. That the reason that they move them off Coruscant is because they're like they're like hunting Jedi and they're just destroying everything in the process. And Palpatine's like, it's like you got to get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, you can keep doing what you're doing, but fuck the right off. Get away. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I also like this. I like the fortress design. I, I like the the sort of Mustafar Vader um, aspect of it. It's I'm very happy to see it. Very excited. Yeah, yeah we. Um, it's uh, you see it in um, Fallen Order at, at the um, near the end of Fallen Order. Right, and now there's a. We haven't talked about this before, but there's a, a leaked name for the sequel, Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Oof. Um, we, I don't. I haven't looked into it at all, but I'm very excited about this. Yeah, me too. Um, and this is right around the time uh, uh, Cal Kestis is running around. None of the Inquisitors that are in this show are ones that were in Fallen Order, because in Fallen Order, it was Ninth Sister. Um, second sister, right? And I think that was it. And and you pointed this out to me in the Kenobi book, and I don't think we're spoiling anything. That Cal and his master make a cameo mm-hmm. in that book, and so um, connections. We like pointing out connections on the show. Um, maybe maybe Reva, Reva, or the third sister, or this unknown Inquisitor or the fifth brother show up in Jedi Survivor. That would be fun. Um, it would sort of explain why uh, they don't show up more in Late Rebels. Okay. You wanna, do you want to keep going on the trailer? Yes. Okay. He's gone. Let's pause for a second. So this is pretty cool. Um, they showed uh, probe droids being shot out from the, um, from the uh, Inquisitor's Fortress, just out into space. And you can just kind of hear them in the background just a little bit, the the sound from um, that they make. From, yeah, from Empire. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, I want to back up a little bit, not to spend any time on this at all, but in that Kenobi Legends book I talked about that mm-hmm. I that I um, did the Audible audiobook of, um, there's an illogical amount of um, discussion about EOBs in it and how Obi-Wan Kenobi has to learn how to become like a good EOP caretaker and his EOP is pregnant and he doesn't know it and blah 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 it's a plot point trust me um, e- EOB EOP like E-O-P-I-E it's the thing he's writing like the camel oh okay I was like is that, like a, is that something for like a side piece or something I don't like, like this is weird no no his, his camel sort of animal like the one that farts and in uh, Phantom Menace. Um, there's a lot about EOPs in that book, and so it's fun to see it um, in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's just for a second, it's fun to watch him write an EOP because he spends a lot of time in EOP, on an EOP in that book. And it's sort of a cool toy, too. Mm-hmm. Right, you want to keep going? Yeah. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong places. I want every low life and bounty hunter. All right, let's pause here. Yeah. So, a couple yeah. cool things right here. I like that there's a computer monitor with a picture of him from. Uh, is this from Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, this is his like fighting, fighting Grievous era. Um, the hello there photo. Yeah, and there is this. It's and this looks like something that would show up on like a. Like a cop's car when they're, you know, running somebody's 
ID. This is it just shows a picture of him, and it's just like it's all in Arabesh, and it just says "Wanted for High Treason, Obi Wan Kenobi." It's it's a very very effective um, little wanted poster. It's very exciting to see. Mm-hmm. You know that we put that that the kids and I made that custom desert scene, and I put those wanted posters of Obi Wan up on it in Arabesh. It said "Wanted for Treason." Um, that was years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's still one of my kids' favorite toys to play with. That little desert Tatooine playset. It's just it's just styrofoam and plaster and sand that we glued down to a piece of plywood. Mm-hmm. But they love it, and I just love the uh, the. It mm-hmm. just makes me so excited to see an Obi Wan wanted poster. Yeah. On there. And then and then uh, the next little thing that's cool is that he's being attacked by. And he said. She says, like, a low-life bounty hunter. And then he's being attacked by a bounty hunter who is Forlom. Yeah, the... for, for love of money. <laughs> <laughs> the the droid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Forlom and Zuckus from the Empire Strikes Back. And the Forlom and Zuckus um, bounty hunters comic. Yes. <laughs> um, very exciting. And then and then right after that, he appears to be, like, in a hallway or something fighting a Zabrak. Bounty hunter to squeeze him. Oh yeah, and and I love I love that because one once again good use of aliens, um, and I like the idea that that they put like a bounty on his head so big that he has to. So we we've talked about this in the past about how to do this show, and we both pretty much agreed that this show has to mean him leaving Tatooine. It can't be him just being on Tatooine fighting off whatever. Um, he has to leave, and it's pretty obvious he does. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like this fight is happening on Tatooine. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole question is why? Yeah, why? Like, is he is he trying to draw attention away from Tatooine? Like, is there is he doing something else? Yeah, is there, yeah, is there something that's so, like, egregious that he can't... Um, he can't let, let it go? Like, like I had theorized on like they start killing anybody named Kenobi in hopes of getting at right. like his family, and so thinking that that would draw him out. Like he doesn't, he obviously doesn't know his family, but he's going to be like, I can't let these people, these innocent people, be killed because they they share the same name as me. So there's a there's actually an interesting plot point in in that Kenobi Legends book. Where Kenobi apparently is a very common name, or it sounds like a very common name. It's sort of like Meyer and Myers, or something like that. Or it's like it's close enough to where everyone is basically assuming that he's part of like this, assuming that he's got a really mundane name. But we have no context outside of that book for that. Mm-hmm. But I just I like that plot point. All right, you want to keep going? There's a couple of cool yep. things we got to talk about. All right, let's okay. stop. Let's stop here. Um, so this is the this is the line that you were talking about, right? Where the third sister yells, "We can't run, Obi Wan." Yeah. I had missed this, and this is a, a great, great catch by you. She calls him Obi-Wan, so she might mm-hmm. actually know him. And then it comes to, uh, there's a shot of uh, Camille Nangioni, who I'm I'm guessing because of, um, it's not spoiling anything from the Brotherhood book that just came out, but Kitster is mentioned multiple times in that book. Uh, like Anakin mentions him as like his friend. Yeah. Um, this is something that you posed to me a little bit ago, and I hadn't hadn't occurred to me. But I am, after getting most of the way through this book, I'm convinced that you're correct. That that Camille Nanjiani is playing Kitster, or or could be playing Kitster. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's a Pakistani actor and. Ethnic, from like an ethnical point of view, it, it makes sense. From an age point of view, it makes sense. But it, it could just be us reaching right now. Um, but there seems to be a lot of mention of Kitster in this book. 
and if if you want to believe that the book is lead in, they could be setting yeah. it up. Because what was it, Chekhov's gun? Like you can't. Right. Why you keep on mentioning this person if they're not important? And I'd buy it, right? Kitster Kitster has a like, especially in the book, right? They talk about like their friendship and how they had each other's back and and everything. Like I would love it, right? Mm-hmm. You know me, like any tie-in, anything that connects materials is good, um, as long as it's not like completely ham-fisted. Yeah. There's also there's also a couple droids. It looks like he's fighting off some like almost Iron Man looking droid in mm-hmm. this in this thing, and we have no context once again. It's just a trailer, but it looks so cool. It just looks makes me so excited. This whole trailer is so well done. Yeah. Um, and then there's the like it looks like um, we'll just say Kitster. Kitster. It looks like this is Kitster, but we don't know. Somebody's holding uh, this little um, um, kind of circular droid that kind of looks like something from the movie Batteries Not Included. Yes. Yes. The two, with the two eyes. Yeah, like a little mini astromech head. So, all right, I'm going to continue on. All right. This is basically the end now, but a lot happens in that ten seconds. Yeah. Um, so we see we see Vader's arm sort of getting like plugged in, like a Terminator. Um, it's really it's a great tease, right? You're gonna see Vader, mm-hmm. and maybe some cool shit about Vader. And then we see that new Inquisitor as well with the fifth brother. Um, get a slightly better shot of her. Her skin, her skin doesn't look as matted um, as before, but you see the tube sort of coming out of the back of her head. And so they are either tentacles or some sort of wiring. Still can't really tell, but really solid that she's an Inquisitor. And then you sort of see more shots of Vader getting assembled. Mm-hmm. Which is like you see like his chest plate being put on. So you actually see like a side view of his torso you you actually see his you see like just his the skin of his arms and his torso it just looks it's all scarred and burned up and just gross yeah it really makes me wonder how much they're gonna lean into vader's state it looks like they're gonna looks like they're going for it and i'm i'm all i'm on board but um whatever you can do to make vader terrifying Mm -hmm. have you seen that Sort of reshoot of the Obi Wan Vader duel in um, A New Hope, where they make it like crazy modern, where they're like throwing their lightsabers at each other and doing all sorts all sorts of acrobatics. No, I didn't. I'm curious if they're if they're going to lean in with, to their duel and do something like that, like make it insanely physical instead of them like poking at each other. Yeah. Well, um, just from what I know from that Vanity Fair article, Hayden Christensen talking about like Vader being like imprisoned, like he's you know it's ten years in, but he's stuck in this suit. It's like I I had a full Darth Vader helmet that I ended up giving to you, and I remember wearing it, and I uh, it just got like kind of claustrophobic. And I remember texting you saying, now I know why Vader's in such a bad mood all the time because it is just like having to live in that thing would be maddening. I mean, it's a plot point in the comics, right? That his, his suit is so uncomfortable. It keeps him basically closer to the dark side. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm really curious what they're going to do about Vader's state of mind here or Anakin's state of mind in this series. I want I want Obi-Wan to walk away assuming he's not savable because of something that happens. But there is that line I think I pointed out to you the other day in Return of the Jedi where Vader tells Luke that Obi-Wan once thought as you did that Vader could be saved. Is that going to be addressed in this series? Is Obi-Wan going to try to talk to Anakin and realize Anakin's dead? Or buried so deep he can't get to him. I think so. 
Uh, they called him Twisted and Evil. Um, yeah. That he will do... Because um, another plot point for the, the book was Anakin getting used to his limb. I was going to bring this up. Uh, the, the arm that got cut off uh, by Dooku. So... So he's 10 years in. He should be less clunky. Um, yeah, but just to set the stage for the book, for the the stuff in the book, this doesn't spoil the book if you haven't read it, but he he doesn't feel the force in his limb the same way after it's severed. Mm-hmm. He he struggles with it. It's, it's imprecise. It is harder to control, um, not physically, but metaphysically. And it the book lingers on this idea that something is wrong with his ability to use his hand. Mm-hmm. Like 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 he we we all know like and I think we've talked about this before, like if it's metaphysical, why do they point their hands? Right? Could force lightning come out of any part of your body, right? Mm-hmm. These these sorts of ideas. Um in this this book sort of implies, like, yes, it's metaphysical, but your the context is that you're a physical being, and so you're manifesting these things physically. And when he loses his hand or arm, it's not the same anymore for him. And he's, like, projecting out through his robotic arm rather than using his robotic arm. It's a very interesting point of view on it. Something I I had been curious about, but not been able to articulate. The book does a great job talking about him and working with his robotic arm. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, pause the the trailer at like a minute twelve, you see like Anakin's got like a chest plate strapped to him, and the um, the the kind of the control panel that's on his chest is being put on him, but there's like four prongs and then there's like four sockets on this chest plate. So it's going like inside of him. Yeah. They're pretty long prongs. So they're definitely yeah. penetrating his flesh. Like, is this chest plate like part of him? Like, like, like he's obviously like got like connectors on his stumps, but is, is this chest plate like, like a permanent part of him? seems like it. it seems like he really is plugged into the machine and without the and if he's not hooked up to these control mechanisms that he's in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. all right is there right. anything left in the trailer no who to see will be one sort of staring at the camera right yeah i i just love i love the fact that she's like you it's like you can't stop him just that like the, the way she says it this is like that invaders like an unstoppable force. Yeah, okay. it's it's big rebels energy too for that line, right? They say like, I think the Grand Inquisitor says there's things worse than death, mm-hmm. and which, it's referring to Vader. Yeah, which you, you find out in the comics there is. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but, definitely um, for him. <laughs> yeah, but it also just makes me just has very much like Terminator vibes too, of when um. Kyle, Kyle Reese is uh, being interrogated by the cops. It's like you, it's like you can't, you can't stop it. You can't bargain with it. It doesn't feel pity or remorse. And just this, this just gives it that feel that there's this unstoppable force coming. And so it just makes me really excited. And I'm really excited to see um, um, Aiden Christensen take up. Uh, Anakin slash Darth Vader. More probably more. It's probably going to be more uh, Vader, unless there's like some sort of flashback. But um, would you accept a sort of Vader Ahsoka Rebels style duel where the helmet is damaged and you see Hayden inside? Mm-hmm. Oh, I would totally take that. Me too. I I'm trying not to come come in with very many expectations for this, but um, I was excited prior to this exercise of walking through the trailer with you. And I'm beyond excited right now. Mm-hmm. And also, it should be noticed that uh, Obi Wan's using, like, in the trailer, he's using a blaster, which he says is um, uncivilized. Yeah. Uh, that there appears to be purge troopers. Oh yeah, where? Um, I've seen them multiple places, but a good good spot is 
a minute ten. Oh yeah, there are. Those are purge troopers. Good catch. So for the people that don't know, purge troopers are clone troopers who are specifically used by the Inquisitors to kill Jedi. They're in, um, oh yeah, in uh, the 59 second mark, you can see two of them. Yeah, they're just in like black and red armor. Yeah, I see them. They're good call. Oh man, that is such a good comic tie-in. Jesus. Oh yeah, because they're they're also in Fallen Order. And then will will they have Tamora Morrison's voice? Yes, please. <laughs> Sorry, I was yawning. Yes, please. Sorry, <laughs> right, I was I yawned before, so it's. Uh... Yeah, I'm gonna leave the yawns in this one. It's late for me. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm fading fast, but. Um. No. What do you? What are your? What's your level of excitement? Then we'll we'll sort of get out of this. I was excited before, but now I am. I'm 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 really excited again. Just stepping through. Seeing so much things I didn't notice before. Vader being assembled. The design of the prosthetic uh, hand or arm, forearm, is wild. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool design, where it's just like kind of like a robot Terminator hand, but it's got like pieces on like attached to the outside of it to make it kind of like look like it would be a normal muscled forearm. Right. I think I think I'm right there with you. I think that the design is beautiful. Um, how did reading the book impact your excitement, if any? Oh, it it added to it. I'm just ho- I'm just hoping that it's um, I don't know because they they cause I'm hoping that the interaction between Vader and Obi Wan is kind of like what we didn't get in Revenge of the Sith is very much like a. Um, there's there's more um, there's more to it than just like Anakin just going ape shit. He's more like you were my best friend. Like how how could right. you do, do this to me? And that could be very well be Vader saying it. Look what you've done to me. I want Vader to say I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I I I agree. I think I think you could have a, multiple heartfelt moments that are sort of subvert expectations um, by making Vader be the person talking about like how he feels betrayed mm-hmm. by Obi-Wan and look what Obi-Wan's done to him and and Obi-Wan saying like next time I see you I won't be there to surrender and so that way it explains why Vader says surrender is not his plan mm-hmm. no I'd be that's that's a dumb one but um, oh no, that's actually good but I think he he just I was assuming he read it through the force. Right. That's that's what I've always assumed that that Vader understood that Obi Wan was there to either kill him or be killed by him. Um, the I don't know like I couldn't be more excited, but I've engineered myself to have no expectations for this stuff. I'm sure. I will be regrettably on Twitter after the, on the 27th telling everyone who says that the Inquisitor's head was wrong or Obi-Wan's witty quip wasn't funny and took them out of the moment, um, telling them that they're wrong and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I'm at the point in my Star Wars fandom where it could be him sitting in his cabin alone making peanut butter sandwiches, and I would say it's good Star Wars. I just oh. want, I just want this. Um, there's also a lot of how shall we how do we say um, Satine Kree's talk in the book. Yeah, like Dexter Jetster really rakes him over the coals over Satine in the book. I don't know how you add that into this, but I'm fine with that being part of his story. Mm-hmm. And oh, no, I'm, I won't I won't say, but there's a um. You can cut this part out, but like her her nickname for him was Ben. No, I think that's I think that's about relevant. We we'll leave that in. Yeah, his that was established in a legends thing a while ago, and they reestablished it in this book. Um, because that that's brought up in the Kenobi Essential Legends book that that Satine's nickname for him was Ben, and that's why he picks Ben for his alias on 
Tatooine, and it comes back up in this book. And so I actually like that detail a lot. Um, because, I don't know, I, I have pet names for my wife, and people might not get them. It doesn't matter. It's not for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a quiet tribute to her that he goes by that name. And they imply that he has indiscretions. Um, it's not just it's not just in the real Avaros um, context, but in the new book they imply that as well, as, um, that he might have had a dalliance with her. Mm-hmm. Maybe Corky is his kid. <laughs> that would be rough, but I sort of like that theory. Um, I would go with it if it ever came up, but I don't, it doesn't have to be. Right. That's, that's back from like the Who's Ray days, right? Like, is Rey a Kenobi? Mm-hmm. She'd be, like, Corky's daughter or some bullshit. Um, but whatever. Yeah, there's just... Oh, there's just so much to be excited about. I'm really hoping they don't let us down. <laughs> I don't think so, but... You know, yeah, like, just trying to measure expectations. I mean, it's it's just more material for me. Um, there's many parts I love and parts I don't love, I'm sure. But it's going to give us greater understanding of the Inquisitorious. It's going to give us more information about Kenobi. And we'll reconcile it one way or another. I'm not going to be upset about the color of the Vespas, the shapes of people's heads, whether or not someone spends too much while shooting a gun. I'm just going to have probably four hours of extra Star Wars to watch when I feel like it. Mm-hmm. But So there, there has to be... Something that they're not showing us. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're not there, so they're not showing the duel, which I can understand that. But I, I, I've said it before, but I want to go on record saying we're going to see some Jedi die. I'll go further than that and say I wouldn't be surprised if every single scene that we've seen in the trailers from Episode One, um, and they've done this before. Uh, we've talked about it on previous episodes that. The majority of scenes in the movie trailers come from Act 1. And they'll throw in something from, like, Act 3 um, for the movies. And so, like, all of the Force Awakens trailers, almost all of the scenes in those trailers were from Act 1 or Act 2. Mm-hmm. This is, I would, 80% of this is from Episode 1. Guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Episode 1 and Episode 2. Um, so there's a lot we're not seeing. Yeah. I'm. I'm really. I. I don't want it to be. Well, because they get, they have to figure out. Because we know that there are certain Jedi that are still out and about, and we pretty much know where all of them are, except for Quinlan Voss. Yep. He is still in the wind. Yep. And we've talked about Quinlan a lot, at least in our private conversations, and you know that I'm. I really want him to show back up in something. Yeah, I, I, it feels like he's like um, Filoni's Ahsoka, where like, like he, if he was going to do it, they're going to. It's like only he can do it, and to, so he can make sure that it's done right. So it seems very much like kind of like an ace in the hole that they want to like hold on to until they can like do it right, for lack of a you know a better term. Yeah, I mean, I'm a patient guy, right? Um, waited 20 years for prequels, so just do it, do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to see Quinlan in this series. If you want to do something else um, with him, just tell me what happens to him, because I really, I really need to know. And how did his like psychic psychometry thing work out for him in the long run? Um, I think we did it right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I, I do not have anything else. Yeah, so, um, so anyways, thanks for listening. Um, get this out on Monday, and then in a few days we'll have Kenobi, and then everything that we said can be proved wrong. So, um, bye. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep posting our Clone Wars episodes, and this wasn't gonna be extra. And um, sorry for the weird release earlier this week of the blank audio um but hopefully by the time this is up that's been fixed um i can't imagine it wouldn't have been because it's not that big of a fix but uh we'll see you later okay uh talk to you soon 
Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yubnub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewa, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da 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 da